from Damien's Hazelnut Coffee edition of Business Pants. It's a woke Wednesday. Yeah. Well, you're not very excited to be here. I'm just here. not used to not being the host, so I'm confused and scared. I'm your analyst, Holt Matt Muscardi. I'm joined live and in person by Hazelnut Rollis in today's anti, 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 anti woke okay. episode called November 8th, 2023, an anti woke roundup. Oh. <laughs> a good game, a quick good game. We're going to do a really quick right. one. A clip from our interview that we're going to drop tomorrow with the great Nell Minow and oh, yeah. a word from our sponsor. Sweet. Oh, Paul and Nell together again. Paul and Nell back together yeah. again. That's the corporate library. That's right. Um, but they don't know they're together. That's what makes <laughs> this weird. <laughs> that makes it even better, yeah. Our show today is being sponsored by S-Gage, your ESG data solutions provider. Uh, and Paul will stop by to talk pay ratios. Oh, so he's coming here. He's coming. Well, I haven't seen him in a while. He's been driving for three hours looking for parking. Okay. So I don't know if he's going to get in in time. All right. We uh, we may send him to Brugger's Bagels oh. to get a non hazelnut coffee. A non Jewish coffee. bagel. Yeah. <laughs> non hazelnut coffee for you. Are you da- Damien is uh, just reacting today. Cool. How huh? do you feel about this? I'm nervous but excited. Mostly excited because I didn't have to do any work. To nervous. Do the show. Nervous I'm, feels it seems like the I'm wrong. I'm nervous because I'm not the analyst hole. You're the analyst hole. You're not really analyzing anything. Okay. You're just kind of giving your thoughts. Yeah, I'll do the fake chuckle. I do that pretty well. Yeah. I do it all the time. <laughs> um, all right, let's start with an anti woke roundup. First, right. a BlackRock discrimination alert. Um, while I have been waiting for Bill Ackman to stop harassing 19-year-olds oh, to say dumb stuff, Good he's still him. at it. Good for him. What uh, a fight. Um, I saw this headline. Five companies added to Texas's divestment list for ESG, anti-oil, and gas. They, wait, so they just this actually just recently happened? Yeah, last in the last week, Texas Comptroller Glenn Hager... Um, said he's quote I am he said this I am quote I am extremely proud that Texas was the first state to show leadership by shining a bright light and bringing transparency to this absolutely oh critical issue that issue being the boycott of fossil fuels so they're all, they're they're now even speaking the language of like corporate governance and uh, uh, ESG yeah they sound like they're writing purpose statements but this is basically how I was sold on the corporate library back in the day when, before I started working there is. This was the kind of language that Bob Monks used to use about shining how, a bright light. Yeah, well, but yes, yeah, so sunlight is the best disinfectant. Yep. Essentially, yeah, that's what they're doing. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, uh, by the way, worth noting that Texas is a client of MSCI ESG wow. in order to make these lists. You kind of have to be right. Um, the list added the following companies. AMP Limited, Credit Agricole, Impacts Asset Management, uh-huh. Rathbone Investment Management, and SockGen Society. So General. why do we know why? Um, what do you think those companies have in common? They 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 smell European. They're all European. Oh, okay. They're all European. <laughs> so, is the correct answer? So I'm kind of right. Yeah. Now the complete list that they have is so we're back to Freedom Fries. Is basically. 15 companies long, and BlackRock is the only U.S. company. On the list of fossil fuel boycotters. The only one. Wow. Um, Well, because they're led by a Jewish man? Is that why? I don't even know why. Why? Why? This is why I opened this with Bill Ackman. It's just pure xenophobia. That's all this is. Bill Ackman is now like chasing anybody who's college age who ever said anything you could take as Mm anti-Semitic. Why are we not chasing 
Texas government officials. Well, yeah, but you can simplify it even further. Don't forget that he is launching this crusade on one of the most known neo-Nazi CEOs in America today, Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. Well, in fact, he's probably the... I mean, let's be fair. I don't know the private lives of the Fortune 500 CEOs. Why not? But for what what we do know, what's being reported on, Elon Musk is probably the top (laughs) anti-Semite. Is that a little? But I'm we, serious. Is that like, a ranking? I mean, think about even just the the, the weird anti George Soros stuff. Saying within like the last two weeks that he hates humanity. Yeah. Which is a these are just like old fashioned anti Semitic tropes. So he might be the top hater, and yet Bill Ackman continues to use his service and complains about anti Semitic teenagers on his yeah, teenagers. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, should Texas be releasing this list entirely on Twitter every single time then? Is that would that be the ultimate well, conversion? What I want to know is does the controller he has the he can just make these decisions without any kind of input? He's making the decisions. He was empowered by the law they passed last year so he to can make just, these decisions. He can just willy nilly add companies to his there are list. there are no there the the way the law works is they send a letter and ask for stuff, oh, okay. and they warn a company that so they could be on the list. ESG McCarthyism. It's one hundred percent that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Fun. Well, also in the yeah. news, whoops! Oil and gas companies spill millions of gallons of wastewater in Texas. Ooh. That was a headline this week. It looked at um, a decades-long wastewater problem that Texas okay. has. Here's a fun line from that article. Quote, a lot of this toxic water, just like crude oil, tends to get spilled, not just occasionally, but hundreds of times a year. And oil and gas companies are, um, I think, currently discriminating against the land in Texas. Not to be immediately cynical but uh, or skeptical, but are they actually spilling it? Are these controlled spills? Like, you know, I I don't know. They're just like spills where they go out afterwards and they're like, oh, hey, look, you got a little over there. Oh, okay, so it's not like a, it's not part of a way of discharging this type of waste. No, water. no, no. This okay. is these are spills. But that article will be coming soon, probably. That's next. Yeah, 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 like this is purposeful. We had a right to spill on it, your your precious purposeful fish. discharging of na- of nastiness. Yeah, <laughs> but there's profit to the shareholders. You're the one drinking so the fine. hazelnut coffee. There's gonna be yeah. a lot of discharging. As long as the shareholders are getting a dividend, who cares? <laughs> um, now uh, your favorite topic. Hmm. SBTI. Do you remember SBTI? Uh, Science-based target initiative. Did we talk about this with uh, our new friend from the UK? No, this no. is... Uh, oh, yes, Daniel Cash yes. weighed in on, on this, but in, in the abstract, he was talking about credit ratings. SBTI okay. is the organization that um, sets carbon limits yes. and carbon targets and validates them. Okay. They were chosen by the oh. U.S. federal government yes. for and, all procurement. And you had an asshole of the week who was... Ranting against this company, I, right? We, we, yeah, the, some the, someone who is a LinkedIn connection it yeah. was really upset with SBTI right. and their methods, and all of their arguments got used by Republicans yep. in the House Committee on Science, Space, and Technology, who um, opened an investigation into SBTI <laughs> in an attempt to basically strip any Seems sort important. of carbon regulations mm-hmm. of suppliers and or science out mm-hmm. of um, uh, the House Science, Space, and Technology okay. Committee. I guess we're there in this point in history. Sure. Well, they announced um, uh, a couple days ago a hearing next week, November 14th is the d- date of the hearing, where the only witness so far is Andrew Mayock. Who's that? The federal chief sustainability officer um, for the Council of Environmental Quality. He's basically 
the sustainability officer for the United States government. Appointed by the president? Appointed by Biden. Um, not part of the EPA. Not part of the EPA. No, nope. okay. it actually marks the first time anyone actually cared about a chief sustainability I was say, officer. I've never even heard of this role. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, and it's a man. And it's a man. Yeah. And actually, yes. In the corporate world, that would probably be a woman or a woman of, of color, right? That's Well, his boss is a, is a woman of color. Okay, there you go. Um, but uh, Mayock's actually had 25 years of experience in Obama, Clinton administrations. Mm -hmm. He was at the Office of Management and Budget. He was at the Treasury Department. He had stints at McKinsey and Booz Allen. This is well, a, we've he's learned, a very accomplished human being. We've learned that most... Leaders come from McKinsey, no? That's uh, right. Yeah. 7%, I believe, we covered here. But, um, not, but not Booz Allen. But, <laughs> no, Booz Allen was oh, yeah, on okay. that list. I, I just thought it was a funny name, Booz Allen. Um, but the prior hearing uh, that the House Committee had was attended by, I think, uh, none people. I think no one <laughs> okay. watched it. No one cared. Yeah. I might be part of that group. I'm also pretty sure it accomplished none things because oh. um, it's still uh, they're still making this effort to kill any effort to decarbonize procurement in the U.S. Yeah. Um, so SBTI is still under the gun, um, and this is just going to be a grilling for them. Meanwhile, I have uh, an update from your favorite country on Earth. Why, why does everyone think it's my favorite country? Because it's all you talk about. Only because I just have very limited travel experience. If I if I had traveled to Argentina, how do you know that wouldn't be my favorite country? It wouldn't be. Okay. It would still be baguettes and cows. I mean, they are delicious. Yeah. Um, the cows, I mean. This is actually anti-woke anti news. France. Is that good? I don't know. You're going to have <laughs> okay. to tell me. France bans fossil fuel companies from responsible investment labeled funds. I right, keep talking. What does that mean? So the French Ministry of the Economy and Finance launched what they called an SRI label in 2016. They basically... Yeah, it's a very... I, I've, I've had it. It's delicious. It's very hoppy, <laughs> right? It tastes like hazelnuts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is a... Uh, it's a label that they put on funds yeah. to mark them as um, responsible investments, socially sure. responsible. Um, Twelve hundred funds are actually have the label so far, um, and it's oh, about wow. seven hundred seventy billion in assets under okay. management. Who knew there were twelve hundred funds? Well, yeah. th these are global funds okay, that all okay. want to operate in France, sure. so they went and got okay. this label. Um, they they all utilize the SRI label. Those funds now. Um, as of uh, this week, um, they passed the, a rule that they will be required to exclude companies that exploit coal, coal or unconventional hydrocarbons and any companies that launch new oil and gas oh, exploration. Oh, so this is like an anti-Texas. This is anti-Texas. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's anti-anti-woke. Yeah. It's an anti-anti-woke well, boycott. It is funny. If you, if you ask me to... If I had to pick like a natural enemy to Texas, it probably would be France, <laughs> That's right? True. I thought I, mean, I would have thought it would have been California. No, though. we'll get to Oklahoma because of college football. You could think of like New England because we care about education. But Do no, <laughs> France. But it's France. Yeah. Um, but that's your anti-woke update. That's good. You yeah. ended on a positive. I know. I wanted to keep it short. All right. Um, because I we have a, a pretty long clip of Nell. Yes. We, we, so we talked to Nell um, for an hour. Yes. And it could have been longer. Yeah. I actually excluded my corporate governance movie game. Although props to Nell being Nell because she then emailed uh, her, us. Her favorite corporate governance thir movies. Her <laughs> 30 favorite corporate. I, I should, I'm going to ask her if we can put that on our website because it was a I, it was a great list and I haven't seen a lot of those films. Yeah, I'm there are a bunch that I haven't seen. Um, but uh, so we're going to play a long clip from that interview. Mm -hmm. But before we play that clip, I did want you to play a very short game. Oh, okay. 
It's very short. It's a five question. It's a good game. Okay. Basically, oh. these have nothing. I've never to played the good game. I don't think. No, you've. Um, I don't know how you're going to do. Yeah. But these um, headlines. Ten. Um, are. They're abs- they were absurd to me. They're not All woke right. Wednesday headlines. I just wanted you to re- yeah. react to them. The first headline. Are you ready for yeah, your I'm own gonna, version yeah, of the good game? Yeah. Um, okay, your own re- version of the good game, and, and I can make Wait, it so you what, can't what, see it. Am I am I literally scoring it if I think it's good? Yeah, or just zero to ten. You made up the game. Oh, I don't it's know. a zero oh, the to good ten. Game. It's yeah, the a good game. game. I know the good game. What do you mean? You're asking me how you play? How about the fact that we're recording in our our home office studios and our own fellow co-employees are wearing headphones because they don't want to listen to us. Because nobody wants to hear us. to our show. <laughs> that tells you a lot. All right, okay, here, let's do here's it. headline number okay. one. Heinz rolling out pickled flavored ketchup. I'm kind of, oh. that, that's not, I'm okay with that. That's, I mean, that's a. Is that called relish? Yeah, I was thinking like it's a way to get the relish scent into your ketchup. I, look, I love a pickle odor in a lot of my snacks and sandwiches but then again i i don't put ketchup on sandwiches I, well this is not for sandwiches w- but when do you want this is for just for hot dogs clearly oh just for hot dog I, i'm okay with this i'm, I'm gonna give a seven I'm, i like really this. a yeah. seven why not i love a pickle and i love a i do put ketchup on my hot dogs well, let's be I know clear it's not very chicago what me, pickle flavor is oh okay what it's is just it? vinegar right oh i love vinegar it's all it is okay so all you basically Isn't have that what ketchup is ketchup with is? extra vinegar because okay. okay. it's already got vinegar right. in it that's and all probably we're talking about. and probably they snuck in an extra teaspoon of sugar because they're high yeah right? yeah <laughs> because we got to get addicted yeah. somehow all right all right i wanted to start you off on yeah. a high note okay so that it can oh, all seven, get yeah, seven i feel good about this that can one. all get mixed i just love i don't think as a society we talk enough about pickles I would agree with Kim you. Kimchi's sort of taken over, but I, it's just like a, a good pickle. I mean, what a... Well, I mean, Jesse is constantly drinking kombucha. Right. So that's or like there's, there's like cooler ferment, fermented things to talk about, but what about the old-fashioned pickle? Yeah. yeah. The pickles... That's all I'm the, saying. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The good points. Yeah. See? Thanks. Uh, all right. Let's uh, get dark fast. Okay. <laughs> uh, here's a headline. Elon Musk's new chatbot is astoundingly vulgar. Now, <sighs> now yeah. this is the good game, right? Isn't this good because no one will use it except for the trolls that are sort of in his sphere? You know, here's what I don't understand about Twitter is that it still seems to be used by the sports journalists and regular journalists. It is a lot of journalists. But why? Why are they not quitting it? So I, I feel irritated by that. Um, I, I, it, without them, it would just die, would it not? I think it would be dead for... Well, it would be dead for anybody with that isn't purposefully a troll. So, so you're saying it's good because it's a perfect place for it to go and linger and die. Yeah, exactly. And plus, wouldn't it just be everyone would look at a new chatbot that's vulgar and say, "You're right; these definitely need to be regulated." It is weird right? that I, I, it, we would. I don't think we did predict this, but it is weird that the the effect of. Elon Musk buying Twitter is that nobody cares about Twitter anymore. Isn't that a yeah, weird? We, we don't talk about outcome? it that much. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll, I guess I'll agree with you because you can't stop Elon from doing anything because he has no oversight at any of his companies. Oh no, he's a, yeah. So it's you're saying it's inevitable. It's going to happen anyway. So why not just do it there where it is all the assholes are already gathered? So yeah, I'll I'll give it a six for that reason. Oh, sure. See, I like that. See, yeah. I, mean, I think I talked you into that. Six. Yeah. Why not? Why um, not? All right. Ready for the next headline? Yeah. Thousands. Of, this is another Elon headline. Ugh. 
This one may not be good. All right. Although, I'll tell you why I picked it. <laughs> thousands. The other one wasn't good. I was just going along with your logic. Exactly. Yeah. Um, thousands of people are reportedly lining up to have a portion of their skull removed. Oh, no, no, no. And no. one of Elon Musk's brain chips implanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Here's why. Oh, because I know you're going to say something about the people. The yeah, we're boys. weeding them out. <laughs> we're just weeding them out. Good point. We know it point. killed good monkeys. Point. We know it's horrible. We yeah. know, like, so. Well, is the. Does the chatbot act as the surgeon like that? If, if that's the case, if the surgeon who's doing it is using the chatbot to communicate with the patient, in that case, it's a, definitely a 10. There's no... Is it going to yell at them and berate them? And <laughs> we have no evidence that the chatbot is the surgeon in these cases. Uh, Although we don't know if there is a surgeon or if it's just Elon. Yeah, that's true. They don't say anything. I don't like anything about this, but I do appreciate what you're saying. The um, catch here, the caveat here, is the people ugh. lining up. Um, they this study was only open to people with specific Volunteers. disabilities. Yeah, he's, not, he, he's not even paying these people, right? No, they won't. They said they, yeah. they won't pay for any of the. He costs. checked through his pockets. He couldn't find any loose change. He's like, I don't, I don't, I'm <laughs> cash poor. I'm yeah. a little sorry. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, but most of the people who are signing up, are, they have to have a specific disability. It's not like and a not, guy and you not saw. Being paid? No. No, no, no. I, I, I They'll pay for complications, I guess. I appreciate what you're saying, but I just feel like giving it a zero. I just Okay, it. zero it But is. I do appreciate Ruining yeah, my yeah. Uh, game already. You are right, technically, but I just want to give it a zero. All right, so here's um, two more left. Yeah. Uh, a newspaper giant tried to diversify its staff. White oh. workers sued. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I love these because Wait, it's, it's yeah. so absurd. Wait, but tell me why. Like, what? Like, did they lose their jobs? No, they didn't. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> they just sued. So they objected to the presence of a more diverse workforce? If it's a class action lawsuit yeah. um, um, because uh, a highly white workforce, was, the management decided they should diversify, okay. and the white people said that's discrimination against us. Okay, let me ask you this question. Had they promised that the, the white people were there that they, they were about to hire their identical twin brothers? No, that was so not that, in the so, contract. Okay. Um, I, I don't. I don't think I feel their angst on this one. I'm not feeling this one. I, I now tell, spin this. Why do I feel like this is good? Well, because it's so. It's it's isn't so this? It, we're basically crossing. Ugh. Like we're jumping every shark now. Where white people in who are the majority of the company think they're being think they're actually being they're, they're the majority. They think they're being yeah. oppressed, yeah. right? Like by even mentioning the idea of bringing somebody else in, we're you know, to to Glenn Hager's point, we're shining a I bright light. Yeah. yeah, I I I'm trying to get over my immediate feelings of depression. <sighs> I mean, I'll give it a, I'll I'll give it a three only because oh. only because you're right. Like th that, they're so knee jerk reacting to this without any thoughts or any kind of planning. It does make them seem like idiots. Yeah. Oh, right? that's yeah. Like like. It's like the true bald, snowflakes. Like the when the bald guy in uh, the UK yeah. sued for being called call the, call the bald bead, c word. Bead word. The bead, oh yeah, yeah. I think he was a bald c word, c word yeah, yeah. and he sued for not the c sexual word part, but harassment. The bald part. Yeah, he sued for sexual harassment because yeah. he was called bald. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, your last one. The headline is "So Long Seattle." Amazon founder Jeff Bezos uh, says he's moving to Miami. Tax haven, right? Cayman Island tax. Well, haven? that's what everyone's talking about. It's okay. a tax haven. But, but he's from Cuba, no? Right? Where's he from? I don't know where he's His from. His parents I, are from Cuban, maybe. I, I don't. I, did, I I care very little about mm -hmm. where he's from. In fact, I care very little about where he's moving. Except yep. that, isn't this like a good 
for get, Seattle. Yes, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Like yeah. he's now no longer in Seattle. Yeah. Where it, he wasn't really paying taxes anyway. It's funny that the image of Seattle and I and I think this is proven by, you know, who how their voting record and the, the types of politicians they elect is very opposite to Starbucks and Amazon, the two most famous things that ever came out of Seattle. Yeah. Right? Well, Starbucks awkward. maybe on they the come out on of Seattle. The, yeah, yes. Starbucks is out of Seattle. They're out of the Pike Market. I've, right, right, I've right, been right. to the original Starbucks. Yes. It was stupid. Like but they both, served coffee. But both companies don't do a very poor job representing representing stakeholder interests. They don't. Say. They don't have a Seattle vibe about them. No, at exactly, all, exactly. Anyways, so, but now they're effectively evicting him. They're, yeah, he's leaving. I would think they'd be. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna give this a ten for Seattle. Wow. And, and a, maybe a ten for Miami because I think they like these types of people now. I mean, right? like they love billionaires who avoid taxes and, and have a kind of a Trumpy sheen to them. We right? also have to acknowledge the incredible irony of a man who started the climate fund to fund the stopping <laughs> climate true. change moving to a city that is basically going to be decimated by climate change. Beyond that, Matt. For the short-term tax incentives. That's what I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> so there'll, like, there'll, be, there'll be even less... Uh, taxes going to these programs that could actually, yeah, yeah, no, you're right, yeah. All right, so that means our what very quick, our very short good game is yeah. over. Did I win at least? You won. Okay. You came in with a score of out of zero out of ten, ten being good, zero being bad, a five point two. Uh, okay, are you judging the? The tenor, the tone of my responses, or are you actually just averaging my responses? I'm just averaging okay. your responses. Right. Yeah, feel um, better about that. That would have been better if it, if I was. I, would, I was feeling bad that was I was. You're telling me I was purely <laughs> average. <laughs> All right. Speaking of purely average, let's bring in someone not purely average. Oh, I was going to say that's a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> let's bring in the Nell queen of, Minow. of corporate governance, the, the very average queen. This is the clip um, from our interview with the great and Nell the movie Minow. mom. If you want to hear the full interview, get the show tomorrow. We'll drop the full interview. You, you should can download it all. You really should. She, yeah. You're going to learn something. Yeah. Um, so here's Nell Minow. My dream ever since I had been at ISS was to rate boards of directors like Bonds. You know, there was a idea that you just automatically vote for the for the board. But of course, the board is picked by and paid by and informed by the CEO. Mm -hmm. And some of them are better than others. When I first got into this business, it's hard to believe. But OJ Simpson was on five boards. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Was one Comcast, half of, right? Of the audit committee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was uh, on the uh, audit committee. Of right. Even know anything more about auditing, you know, than a, a toddler. So uh, that would be the kind of thing that I would explain to, to the shareholders. I say this, this should be a risk factor for you. If somebody puts OJ Simpson on the audit committee, that isn't because he wants the audit committee to do a good job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and there were a number of people who were on 10 boards uh, and that was not good either. So I said, you know, let's, and you know, they have to tell you whether they attend at least 75% of the meetings. And um, if they don't, you know, maybe that's something we should respond to in some way. So I said, sure. right, so, the, so, so the corporate library really began with this idea that we were going to rate boards of directors in terms of the risk that they mm -hmm. provide for an investor. Well, we couldn't get any investors interested in it, but uh, we did get, I thought this was the greatest market test in the world, the director and officer liability insurers interested. Right. Uh, and we were very good at predicting bad. We were not good at, at all predicting good. But but if you can tell 
people what are the riskier investments. If you can explain that to them, that in addition to, to the traditional indicators that they look at, that they've got, you know, the O.J. Simpson problem or something like that, you know, that's of value. And my dream was that um, the DNO liability insurers would walk into the boardroom and say, well, we're raising uh, your premiums because Nell says you're a terrible board. And <laughs> I love that. And that kind of that kind of happened. So yeah, so that was the corporate library, and that that was uh, we did that for quite a while. The reason why I started with the corporate library because I kind of wanted you know to to now that we're twenty years later, at least from the corporate library, but even mm-hmm. further from, of course, when you met Bob, um, the anti ESG, anti woke movement. We don't really know what to call They're it over here. This is a, a a topic that we didn't think we would be covering when we started our company, but now, of course, it is. Uh, uh, you know, a weekly occurrence. And I know you testified in front of Congress recently, Matt and I watched together and loved your testimony, but um, quick thoughts on the anti-ESG movement. Like, is, okay, it's not, could it, could have you predicted it? it like, I, I, yeah, go ahead. Look, it calls itself an anti-ESG movement. But well, I'm, e- I'm calling it that. I don't know. That's yeah, fine. that's fine. It calls itself an, e- an anti-ESG movement in the same way the, anti-reproductive rights people call themselves pro-life. It's a, sure. it's a, it's a fake term and right. it has nothing to do with anything. And even the people who call themselves anti-ESG are pretty much okay with G and, and some of S. Well, that's the they're, joke. Yeah, that's our joke yeah. is that they are ESG analysts. They're, they're just- Of course they are. Yes, yes. They're different weights to all of the right. facts. And of course that's true. And, you know, who is one of the biggest, uh, in terms of rhetoric, one of the biggest anti-ESG figures is presidential candidate uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. Yeah. But his financial disclosures show that his personal investments are very ESG oriented. So he started an anti-ESG uh, fund, which is underperforming, and he started an anti-ESG proxy advisory service, which as far as I can tell only has one client. And as far as I, I asked them for a copy of one of their analyses, but they didn't send it to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm under, I've been told it, their analysis is just vote with management. That's, that's what they're promoting. So, you know, it's, it's just completely phony. It is hugely sure. funded by the fuel, by the fossil fuel companies. And it is absolute baloney. And I have testified before Congress many, many times. I'm used to being asked very tough questions. I enjoy that because to be honest with you, I do this stuff 24-7. They do it one week out of the year. It, so, and it shows. And can I just say it definitely yeah. shows yeah, in, those, in those hearings. Yeah. Yeah. But in this case, they didn't ask me hard questions. They just pretended I wasn't there. And every time the hmm. four men who were testifying on behalf of the Republicans said things that were absolutely not true, I would say, well, actually, for example, they would say uh, they love this term. They would say Glass-Lewis and ISS are a duopoly and no one can compete. And I said, well, as a matter of fact, presidential candidate Vivek Rebaswamy, as a side hustle, set up this Mm -hmm. uh, competitor. So obviously that's not true. I said, I've done it before. I could set up one in two weeks. Right. And it would be easier now than it was when we did it, because believe it or not, we had to get everything on paper. They didn't have everything online. We had to get the proxy statements and mail our analyses out on paper. We had a Xerox machine going all the time. So it's a lot easier to do it now. And also the industry has been established. It's a lot easier. I said that that's ridiculous to say that's a, a duopoly or, you know, so I, and, and they would talk about 
<clears throat> the incredible burdensome of, of, uh, of shareholder proposals. And I would say, give me an example of a shareholder proposal that you think is not legitimate to be voted mm-hmm. on by the shareholders. They don't have one. You threw out a stat during the congressional <laughs> hearing about like, you know, you're really talking about like 2% of all right. proposals, like 98% are dir- just directors. And, right. and you're talking about it for like the top 50 companies, the biggest in the companies in the world. Yeah, only, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like exactly. these are the pe- people who are the most well-funded. So when you're talking about like the difficulty in responding to a shareholder proposal, you're talking about who Amazon's difficulty yeah. or what, what are we talking <laughs> exactly. about? Exactly. Yeah. That, that's what they, that's what their lawyers are there for. And when they say, you know, there's, I said, they're, it's self-reported. They say it costs us this amount of money to respond to these things. That's not an audited figure. I think they just made it up. Mm-hmm. So, well, the, and, the, and the number they made up, actually, frankly, was something like $150,000 or $600,000. It was like less than a million dollars per proposal to companies right. that literally are making billions and billions a second. Right? Well, like, that, what are we talking? But why about? wouldn't you want to know what your shareholders think? Yeah, it's non-binding. Worst right. thing that could happen is a hundred percent of your shareholders vote in favor of the proposal, and then you go tell them, "Go back home. We'll see yeah. you next year." You know, <laughs> Which I mean, they do. It's, yeah, it's absolutely it's absolutely ridiculous. And what's particularly galling to me is that the Republican Party, which is supposed to stand for free markets. And uh, yeah. an economic rationality is promoting this sort of nanny state idea that the smartest financial experts in the world are so ignorant and lazy that they cannot evaluate. Yeah. And this, this is what makes our head spin constantly. I, I, yeah. I guess it's a tr- the true irony to me is that one of the, the pioneers of corporate governance came from the Reagan administration. And I, enough said there. That's Bob Monks. And now yeah. we're fl- flash forward to the future, and the party of Reagan is now yeah. trying to yeah trying to bring corporations to its knees. It's a it's a funny Bob irony, yeah. But yeah, like Bob, both working. I'm a Democrat, but uh, we met working in the Reagan administration. Right. I, I mean, credit where credit is due here, because the, like Vivek was on our show before oh, yeah. he announced his run. Unfortunately. Um, and uh, and one of the things when you analyze Strive, I know like this is something that like Sustainalytics or Morningstar did, but they actually didn't look at the director votes. They they don't actually vote entirely with management. They vote out in a two to one ratio women on boards. They, f- they actually tend to find powerful women. And the data is showing us that they target powerful women and vote no against them. Now, they're so okay. pitifully small as to not make a difference. I'm glad right? you brought so, this up. Yeah. But but uh, and then you have and you wrote about this um, the Microsoft proposal yes. um, you know the the national like, like it does seem that there is a war like uh, like there's a very clever sort of underhanded war against any brown people um, people who identify as women it is a social construct to mask what you showed as like the fossil fuel industry's funding of this and right. I'm wondering if it's it's just a distraction it's it might be the most brilliant distraction tactic ever (laughs) well i think one of the things that drives me bananas and that i've spent like the last i I, when i think back in the end of my life in the pandemic this is what i'm going to think about because this is what i spent my time during the during the pandemic is that the fossil fuel companies and other corporations have created 
dozens, possibly hundreds of these fake groups mm -hmm. with names like yeah. the Franklin Institute or the National Center on Legal Policy. Yeah. And they're all funded by the same people. They are run by the same people. And um, and they they file comments with the government on rulemakings that appear to be coming from objective private think tanks that are absolutely bonkers. And uh, with regard to the charitable proposal that you're talking about at Microsoft, I was happy that Doug independently came to the same conclusion, mm -hmm. and he wrote about it on his blog too. But yeah, it begins, it, it, you know, the, if you just look at the proposal itself, it looks kind of legitimate. It says, you know, we want to have some, uh, some information about gender disparity in pay. Yeah. You go, oh, okay. And then I said, mm, I better look at that one. And so I look at it, and it goes into this thing about how it's unfair for women be, who, ha who decide to have children yep. because they make less money. Well, you know what? That's a big societal problem. Um, <laughs> but it's not correct to say that there's an incentive to get an abortion. And you can know? I can I parrot something you said now on LinkedIn? Because yeah. to me, it's even worse than that because it's the, the language I use is the most odious language I've, I've seen yeah. to date. And this is from the National Legal and Policy Center. And the quote is from, this is from the proposal, women who choose not to abort their pre-born yeah. children. I mean, <laughs> and you also called out using the term transition in quotes. I mean, this is really the most insidious thing I've seen. It's just pure hateful theater. It's crazy. It, 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 is, it is absolutely despicable. And you have to say to yourself, who is behind this? Yeah. What is this in aid of for the National Center on Legal Policy or whatever it is? You know, really, um, it, well, first of all, I can tell you it's Prob as I said in what I wrote, I'm predicting it will not get enough of a vote no. to qualify for resubmission. Okay, because yeah. holders are smart and they do sure. read things. Yeah. And but yeah, it's it is. We've been tracking these, and they're all like what, Matt? They're like below one percent. A lot of them, right? Yeah. The, oh yeah, yeah. The average of these yeah. is is yeah. abysmal. Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I interject one other thing? I did some research on this group this morning, and they have a they have a section. This is the National Legal and Policy Center. They have a section. And this is the parrot your point, Matt, about targeting women and targeting people of color. They have a section on their website about their highlights, about the targets of who they're attacking. And they've they list 20 people since 1993, roughly. Um, 11 of them are people of color. Uh, eight are women. And since 2019, five out of the last six targets have been women of color. They are <laughs> they are systematically targeting. But look, a specific no, but but I'm saying like th that's the game, right? This is like it's not an anti ESG thing. They're they're going after a segment of our population. It's it's right there in their exactly. highlights. And, and 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 yet they call themselves the National Center on Legal uh, Policy. Yeah, national white national, I suppose. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> no, but seriously, like it's right there in the data yeah. they present. Yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're yeah, and and I I I. Uh, in an attachment, an appendix to my testimony, I had a letter that I wrote to my old office at the Office of Management and Budget, which many people don't know this outside of Washington, but they are kind of the quality control on the conveyor belt of federal regulations. Everything has to go through them before it goes out. And that's a good thing because it makes sure that there's consistency 
between different regulatory agencies is a good it's a good deal. But anyway, I said I said to them, here are the names of some of these fake groups that you guys are giving credibility to and that you're meeting with. And you need to know who's behind it. Uh, and um, what I recommend is that when federal agencies propose rules, because they have to propose a rule and get comments before they can make the rule final, that they should say, you don't have to tell us who's paying you to file this comment, but if you don't, we're going to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, comply or explain kind of it is yeah. basically a version of that. And the, and the funders, if you look at SourceWatch, you can see who's behind the National Center. There are two groups that are like in the same office, the National Center on Legal Policy and the National Policy Center for it's whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same name, yeah. basically. Same, yeah. Basically same the same people. name. Yeah. And that's another thing. If I if I were spending $100,000 to fight uh, shareholder proposals, I would have taken those two to the SEC and said, this is the same group under two different names. Yeah. You know, knock it out. That was Nell Minow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean... By the way, Nell's already agreed to come back on the show. Am I making that up? I think you made that or, up. Or good. Allison Taylor did agree Allison to come Taylor back, and come we haven't back. even released no, that Nell, one yet. No, Nell agreed to. They're, they're both going to be back. They're we're going to give Nell some data. I want her yeah. opinion on the data, because she did say that her, dr- her dream... Mm-hmm. was what we built. Her dream was for our company to be successful, I think she said. I think that's basically what, <laughs> that's what I, what I got out, out of it. Speaking of success stories, <laughs> let's bring S-Gage, in yeah. S-Gage the is, great Paul Hodgson from S-Gage. I will say S-Gage is absolutely a success story. I mean, it's a it's a it's maybe a company you haven't heard of, but one you should have. So much great ESG data. Big, I mean, there are over 100 employees now, right? Yeah, I know. It makes Growing me sad company. for myself. Yeah. Really what Growing it makes company, me. yeah. Good, um, good for USK. But Paul finally found a parking spot. Here's Paul. Hello there. Paul Hodgson with the S-Gage Statistic of the Week. This week, we're going to look at the pay ratio between CEO to median employee pay, as reported in both the Russell 3000 and the S&P 500. Now, you may think nobody really cares about CEO-to-worker pay ratios, but somebody must have done, otherwise nobody would be disclosing it. So just looking at the pay ratio initially for the Russell 3000, the range is 9,416. Excuse me, let me just see who that is. Ah, oh, potential spam. So going back to the pay ratio for the Russell 3000. Uh, The range was 9,416, so up to 9,416 times the median employee compensation. That's uh, the multiple for the highest level of difference there. Uh, The mean, of course, is much lower, 164 times. So the average pay ratio is 164 times the median of employee pay. And the median, again, is lower at 84 times median employee pay. So as you can see, the the ratio between CEO pay and median employee pay is relatively wide, even at the lowest point there. If we switch to an analysis of the actual total compensation figures, we can put this in, um, in some reality. So what we're looking at here is the mean average CEO annual total compensation of 9,424,000 whereas that compares to the median employee total annual compensation of 99,000. When we're looking at medians, we're looking at a median for CEO annual total compensation, 6,822,000 
compared to a median for employees annual total compensation of 75,000. So that's for the Russell 3000. If we look at just the S&P 500, I think we'll find that those figures are somewhat different and probably more extreme. So just looking at the total compensation, again, looking at the, the average CEO annual total compensation, 16,579,000 compared to 88,000 for median employee total annual compensation um, at the average there. Uh, so that's actually lower in the S&P 500 than it is in the whole Russell 3000, which is a statistic that I wasn't expecting to have found. Um, at the median, the median CEO annual total compensation is 14,181,000 and a median employee annual total compensation of 76,000. In that case, slightly higher than that found for the Russell 3000. And if we just look at the pay ratio for the S&P 500, the range is actually lower than for the Russell 3000 at only 5,414 times. Um, but the mean pay ratio is higher at 263 times, and the median pay ratio is also a lot higher than the rest of the Russell 3000 at 184 times median employee pay. Now, companies are allowed to make adjustments to the calculation of CEO pay and um, median employee pay, but the vast majority of don't. Um, a, a, a minimal 2.4% excludes certain elements of CEO compensation. And even less companies, 1.2%, exclude non-US employees from the population in order to calculate the required median employer compensation. But 92.8% make no adjustments whatsoever and just follow the basic calculations laid down by the SEC. So that's uh, Paul Hodgson signing off with the S-Gage Statistic of the Week. That's it. That was the great Paul Hodgson and the even greater, no offense, Paul, Nell Minow. Oh, I think I said Damien Rollis. No, and then the mediocre Hazelnut yeah, Rollis. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, which At least I think, I'm on the scale. Yeah, I think I'm going to call you Hazelnut from now on because he... <laughs> Because you drank that terrible I'll coffee. I'll drink anything for free. I'm your analyst, all Matt Muscardi. We are Free Float. Come back tomorrow. Get the full interview with Nell. It is an hour that won't be wasted if you listen to it. And I'm going to be honest with you. I actually was not bored during that hour. I get bored very easily. <laughs> That's- I'm not kidding. This is why we don't just take any random guests for our shows. We are selective. I... 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 I looked up, an hour was gone. Matt was like, you know, we got to give her her life back. Yeah. And I was still, as I said, I hadn't even gotten to the stuff about the movies. I was still enjoying the conversation. Now. So there you go. I think you're biased because yeah. she's in Maine. Um, she's not. She's in D.C. So oh, is she really? Yes. Oh, Dan, you're biased because she's in D.C. That's all we got for today. Come back tomorrow, get the interview with Nell, and come back on Friday when we wrap up the week with the full group. Until then, bye. Bye.